Edgewood, an audio play by Jeff Durkin and Steph Nelson. Major Ramos? Yes. Dr. Evans, I presume? Please, call me Lisa. Hop in. Sorry to have to drive you in. I'll make certain the security office straightens out the problem with the badge. That's okay. I don't mind being chauffeured to work. Only the best for Project Headlight personnel. Now that you've been read onto our program, I'm sure you have lots of questions about what we're doing here at Edgewood. Did you read up on its colorful history? Yes, I read the briefing packet, although it was vague on the exact nature of the project. Would you like to fill me in? Due to the level of classification, I prefer to share more details once we are inside the lab. Good morning. This is our new Department of Defense liaison, Major Ramos. Major, this is Ramesh Chaudhry, our primatologist, and Tandy Bowman, our pharmacologist. Good morning. Welcome to Headlight. Nice to meet you. Is that chimpanzee one of the test subjects? Yes, that's Tarzan. Oh, okay. Is there a Jane around here? Yes, and a cheetah. I had a Lord of the Apes vibe stuck in my head when I was naming our subjects. Is there a reason why we are still using chimpanzees and not progressing to human trials? The DOD is very interested in Serapine's real-world application, especially with the rise in terrorist attacks. We're using them to determine if there are any negative effects on the health of the subjects exposed to serapine, safety is our highest priority because 99% of your DNA and Tarzans are the same, the genetic and physiological similarities make them a perfect baseline for our neurological computer models. That 1% difference could matter when serapine goes to human trials, but we're nowhere near that stage. Nowhere near that stage? There's a lot of work to be done before serapine has the specific effects we are looking for. Then we can start thinking about clinical trials. Anyway, your timing is great. We were just about to administer the compound to Tarzan. Should I expect anything weird? Weird? No. The way serapine works, it stimulates the freeze response. What will it look like in a person? The effect in test animals resembles a catatonic state. The subject won't react to any stimuli. They respond with complete passivity to any attempt to move them or otherwise interact with them. We want it to have a similar effect in people. Similar, but not identical? Right. We want targets to demonstrate a freeze response to specific stimuli. An operational version of Seraphine would allow people to go about certain tasks normally, but would make them unable to respond aggressively to any kind of provocation. Well, that sounds great. If it works. If this can be used safely on people, we could render entire nations unable to take hostile actions. However, its real application would be in counterterrorism operations, where we have to worry about collateral damage. Once Serapine is in usable form, we can freeze hostiles long enough to take them out without civilian casualties. Ramesh, is Tarzan ready to go? My dosing calculations are complete. Yes, all his vitals are good. Let's freeze him. Injecting now.
That was fast. As you can see by the monitor, the subject has quickly entered a state of consciousness resembling catatonia, but the EEG pattern is something completely novel to Serapine. The hertz frequency of the beta waves is above even those of normal waking consciousness, even though our subject's motor functions are paralyzed. Try that again. Assume I'm not a neurobiologist. Basically, it creates a new, altered state of consciousness, but a temporary one. The seroprene degrades rapidly and the brain chemistry quickly returns to normal. We've been conducting tests on animals for three years and have observed no long-term harmful effects. I make the best drugs. Okay, but a chimpanzee brain is not the same as a human brain. What are the risks? We need more data to determine the risks. You've been doing this for years. Dr. Chaudhry just said there are no harmful effects. The DoD has responded to every budget increase with requests without delay. Now they want to see some results. There are plenty of other projects looking for funding. We are really on the cutting edge here, but it takes time. In addition to the changes in beta waves, we also see gamma waves with a 100 Hz frequency. Gamma waves are normally observed only during REM sleep or with patients under anesthesia. Some researchers have also recorded gamma wave activity in Tibetan monks in deep meditation, but readings are normally in the 40 Hz range. I'm sorry, but that went over my head. Right now, we can create a single experience, one that can't be modified. The subject remains stuck in a free state with no way to thaw them out until the serapine wears off. We want to be able to control the experience better. Freeze and unfreeze targets at will. Think of it like this. It's like when you played freeze tag as a kid. The person in charge could call freeze and unfreeze whenever they felt like it, causing the players to respond in kind. Once we can do that with Serapine, it becomes a paradigm shift in non-lethal technology. Okay, that makes more sense. But keep in mind, we can't stay in the lab forever. We need to see real-world applications soon. I'll do what I can to speed up the preclinical trials, but restructuring the human mind's innate fear response is unprecedented. If we mess this up, there could be catastrophic consequences. Sorry I'm late, Major Ramos. I got caught up with work. No problem. I know civilians don't operate like the Army does. So, what did you want to talk about? I want to talk to you about the pace of the project. Dr. Evans has been evasive about your progress. Will you give me some straight answers? Lisa's passionate about Project Headlight. This is some bleeding-edge stuff to work on. I mean, playing around with how the brain works is pretty cool. Pushing the edge at Edgewood. I've seen this happen on other projects. Dr. Evans is a perfectionist, which isn't always a bad thing, but Headlight has been a preclinical trials now for five years. What exactly are you saying? That the DoD wants to move this research along to human trials. I'm hoping you can help Dr. Evans complete her preclinical research as soon as possible. We really need to push this project along, get her out of the weeds and more focused on the big picture. The big picture. Right, the big picture. Non-lethal options are becoming increasingly important. If we can neutralize threats without cluster bombing wedding parties, that's a win for everyone. Headlight is a promising idea, but there are a lot of promising ideas looking for funding. I see. I'll keep that in mind. Looks like you finished your lunch. Yes, I actually need to run. I have an important meeting at the Pentagon. Nice chatting with you, Dr. Bowman. Nice being chatted up. Hey there, mind if I join you? Sure, you just missed Major Ramos. What did he want to talk about? 
he, not so subtly, told me that if Serapine doesn't produce results, we're not going to have a project for much longer. Really? When will these people learn that science isn't something you can put on a timetable? The only thing he cares about is getting Serapine delivered because that helps him get promoted to lieutenant colonel. He's pretty full of himself. Yeah, I got that. Did you know he had an important meeting at the Pentagon? Because he made certain I knew about it. He must be getting pressure from the top. He's the new LNO and trying to please his bosses. Someone up the food chain wants to turn Serapine into a weapon ASAP. I don't think he understands science or how pure research works. The problem is, this isn't pure research. At the end of the day, we have to deliver Serapine as a usable technology. And I want us to. It could make warfare as we know it obsolete. But we need to get it right. People like Ramos need to let the scientific method work. He did say he wants to move the project to human trials as soon as possible. But do you think he would really recommend pulling funding? We're doing some amazing work, and even if he doesn't see it, someone must, right? I don't trust him. He's a ladder climber. When I ask him probing questions, he deflects the conversation or says that I don't have a need to know certain information. In some ways, he's right from a security perspective, but it gets frustrating when you work as hard as we do, but might lose funding because someone without a scientific background gets impatient. Hey, don't let Ramos get you down. Headlight is your project, not his. You have the power. Do I? It might be my project, but he's right about one thing. We answer to other people. We need to make them understand that the cost and effort are worth it. Have you seen what's going on? Hey, we're working here. What's the point of having this thing on if it's muted? This is Alexandra Paul with a WCN News Alert. 20 minutes ago, a massive explosion occurred in New Orleans. Although the scale and cause are not yet known, reports are coming in of a blinding light and a fireball rising over the downtown area. WCN reporter Ronald Larson is on the phone from the Louis Armstrong Airport. Ronald? Alexandra, the airport is in chaos. After the explosion, three aircraft crashed in the surrounding area. I've been told that other aircraft that were on final approach have also crashed. From where you are, are you able to see the city, and did you see the explosion? Very little. There are severe thunderstorms over the entire region, and visibility is limited. However, about 30 minutes ago, there was a fireball rising over the city. It dissipated in less than a minute. There was also a powerful shockwave. A number of windows were shattered in the airport, and people were injured due to the flying glass. Have you gotten any information from local authorities? Nothing official, however. I'm sorry, Ronald, but I have to interrupt. The White House has confirmed that a nuclear device of unknown origin has exploded in New Orleans. We are also being told that the President will address the nation shortly. Shut it off. Now what? We keep working. This doesn't change anything for us. Doesn't change anything? Are you deranged? Hey, you need to calm down. I just mean that we need to keep working until we learn more. Overreacting won't help anyone. Major Ramos, I'm not going to have my lab keep working. Everyone just go home. Take the rest of the day off. I'll see you all back here tomorrow. You don't- I don't what? Go back to your office and fill out whatever report you want. I'm letting my team go home. Fine. Thanks. Just go home.
Here's your coffee. Thanks. Normally I don't have coffee in the afternoon, but I figure I can make an exception after a nuclear attack. I don't know about you, but I couldn't sleep. I've been watching the news all night. It's all so unreal. How's your family holding up? They're okay, but we're all scared. I had to shut off the news because it was upsetting my wife and daughter. How many times do they need to replay the video of New Orleans burning? It's irresponsible and serves no good purpose. All it does is frighten people more. The government needs to take more control of the situation. A decision should be made soon. I assume the military is drawing up lists of likely targets right now. Who do you think would have the resources to launch a nuclear attack against us? Well, the obvious culprit is some terrorist organization. Maybe Al-Qaeda. Someone with the money to buy nukes and get one on board a ship. It could be North Korea. Kim Jong-un is crazy enough to do something like this and they already have nuclear weapons. Of course, I'm not sure what the motive would be since any retaliation will bring down the North Korean regime. There's always the possibility of a domestic terrorist. Maybe. We're doing what the country's doing, speculating. It's all we can do. The government hasn't said anything useful yet. The frustrating thing is we knew this was eventually going to happen. You can't have nuclear weapons spread across the globe and expect no one to use them. If we're going to speculate, Maybe we could focus on something else. Like, where's Lisa? I sent her a couple of texts, but got nothing back. I also called, but she didn't pick up. You're right. She should be here by now. It's Lisa. Hello, where are you? I'm at home. How are you guys holding up? Okay, we're all tired. Can you tell us anything? Okay, fine. We'll be there. Bye. Ramesh, Lisa has something important to tell us, but says she can't do it over the phone. She wants us to meet her at her place. Why couldn't she just... I don't know, but she sounded stressed. Come on, I'll give you a lift. Hey, thanks for coming. Sure. Please, have a seat. Do you want anything to drink? Beer? Wine? Something harder? If you have any red wine, that will be fine. Vodka, straight. So, how are you holding up? I'm exhausted. I've been in the White House all day. I've been briefing the President, the Joint Chiefs of Staff, and the National Security Council. Why? Serapine. They're thinking of using it, at least talking about it as an option. What do you mean they want to use it? Serapine won't be ready for operational use for months, maybe years, even if we could- Just listen to me. I was informed that there is a stockpile of Serapine. Someone, the military, CIA, whoever, has developed delivery systems for it. They've been producing it since we've had a positive result with our test animals. How in the world could they even figure out the right dosage calibrations? All our results are with the single dose injections. More to the point, why didn't we know about this? You don't develop deliverable weapons overnight. Like I said, they've had time to weaponize it. They kept asking about dispersal in an urban environment. Where will they deploy it? Pick a city. Pyongyang, Damascus, Tehran. They wouldn't tell me, but they have some place in mind. If they actually use it. Do they suggest alternative courses of action? I wasn't privy to those discussions. Everyone I talked to was on edge. It's not surprising. New Orleans has been devastated. The death toll could climb into the tens of thousands. If the military and the administration are willing to use an experimental chemical weapon, 
My assumption is the other options are far more catastrophic. Maybe nuclear weapons. What does this mean for us? I was told by the president that we need to stand by for further orders. I think he's in shock, but everyone seemed like they were. If they use seropine, hopefully it will work on people the way it works on test animals. If not, we need to be prepared to deal with that. How much did you know about what they were doing? Who is they? Don't be an ass. The Pentagon, the Department of Defense, the CIA, whoever decided to take my work and turn it into a warehouse full of bombs. Why do you think I would know anything more than you do? Because I'm in the army? They tell me about as much as they tell you. I'm just another little cog in the big machine. None of my people believe that. They think that you knew that someone was turning Seraphine into a weapon before it's ready. I can only tell you what I can tell you. I just pass decisions along. I don't make them. Anybody with the right clearance can get access to everything you've done on Project Headlight. When you get a federal check, your work belongs to the government. All the work we've done to try and perfect Seraphine, to make a real weapon of peace, that's all been rendered moot. Is it any surprise that someone saw the direction your research was heading and decided to give it to some of their buddies in the defense industry? If they only gave me more time, we could be sure it's safe to use. If it's deployed now, I can't guarantee anything. It could work like it has in tests. It might kill everyone exposed. It might not do a damn thing. It's just not safe to use. Seraphine was meant to minimize casualties. This could turn into a complete disaster. You want to try to get a handle on this? Put everything in perspective? Try this out. It was never your choice, never your decision, and therefore not your responsibility. From one cog to another, the machine chugs along with or without us. If it wasn't Headlight, it might be Project Ghost Shirt or Blue Sunshine or one of the other scientific nightmares being cooked up here. Maybe the guys in charge will just nuke them. That would make a statement. God, I hope not. Give it time. No matter what happens, this too shall pass. Really? We're not going to forget. Not what happened in New Orleans. And if Seraphine goes wrong, no one will forget that I created it. I hate to break it to you, but we always forget. In 10 years, there'll be a memorial swimming pool in the New Orleans crater that no one will visit. People will half remember what they were doing and where they were, but they won't think about how we got to that moment. We'll forget, and then do the same stupid stuff again and again. Names and faces change, but you wind up in the same place you were trying to get away from. You have a very bleak outlook. Only if you think your mistakes are more important than anyone else's. We are all pretty equal in the long run. No matter what happens, even if they use seropine and it's a shit show, the world will forget about it. We always focus on the disaster of the moment, not the one from yesterday. Maybe you're right. See, I know how to motivate my troops. By convincing them that life is an exercise in nihilistic repetition? Whatever works. Has the president started yet? Not yet. Have a seat. Will he mention headlight? I doubt it. It'll be a lot of platitudes, vows to get those responsible, probably a quote from the Bible. Standard post-tragedy stuff. Hey, it's starting. My fellow Americans, yesterday, our nation was subjected to an inhuman act of terror. One of our greatest cities was struck by an attack designed to kill innocent people and shake the foundations of our way of life. 
I am here to tell you those foundations remain strong. As I speak, first responders from around the nation are stabilizing the situation in New Orleans. Although we'll mourn the dead, tonight, let us celebrate the living. Thousands of people trapped in Ground Zero have been rescued. Hospitals across the country have mobilized to care for the injured. Churches and charities are reaching out to the homeless and displaced. Americans from Seattle to Miami have opened their hearts and their homes to their fellow citizens. The perpetrators of this inhuman attack believe America to be weak. They think our resolve can be shaken. That will never happen. America is strong and will remain strong. We will respond with resolve and justice. Our military, the finest men and women we have, stand ready to defend the nation. There is no place those who attacked us can hide. To this end, the United States has launched a limited intervention into Beirut. Our intelligence community has evidence that a terrorist organization calling itself the Army of the 12th Imam has in its possession a number of nuclear weapons, one of which was used in New Orleans. 30 minutes ago, non-lethal incapacitating technology was used in Beirut. This technology will ensure that the American soldiers currently entering the city will be able to do so in a manner that is safe for both our men and women and the innocent citizens of that great city. U.S. forces will stay only long enough to retrieve the remaining nuclear devices and neutralize the terrorists. On behalf of the American people, I thank our friends and allies around the world who join us in our desire for peace, justice, and security. We will never forget the atrocity that was perpetrated against America. However, we will not be defined by that atrocity. America has been and always will be an example for the rest of the world. My fellow Americans, I ask for your prayers for those who grieve, for those engaged in rescue operations, for those caring for the injured, and for our servicemen and women who are in harm's way. In these days of loss, we should all remember the comforting words of Psalm 23. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. America will never fear evil. Thank you. Good night, and God bless America. They've really done it. They can't do this, can they? Serapine could have disastrous effects. Worse than nuking Beirut, because that's probably what the other option was, right, Lisa? I don't know. As I said, I was told that this was just one of the options. Does it matter? Of course it does. We could be party to thousands of people being crippled or dying. Then we had better be ready for anything. We need to keep working and anticipate any long-term effects. Tandy's right. Using Serapine is better than destroying the city. And it is a hell of a lot better than having another nuke go off in America. We didn't ask for this. We didn't ask to be attacked. And we didn't ask to have our work used like this. But it's our responsibility now. I think I've fried my effing brains. How long could a person go without sleep? Around 10 days. Of course, by then you're probably messed up. Hallucinations, memory problems, loss of cognitive abilities. Ah, oh, something to look forward to. Hey, it's not that bad. 
I fell asleep with my keyboard for 20 minutes last night. That was refreshing. Anything new from Ramos? Last briefing was four hours ago. He said, and I quote, no one knows what the hell they're doing, end quote. We know one and a half million people have been affected by serapine and that none of them have recovered. Anyone declare war on us yet? No, although we are being condemned by everyone. I'm not surprised. Are we war criminals? No, because we don't exist. What do you mean we don't exist? Ramos informed me that all of our work has been reclassified under a different SCI program. Only a handful of people will be able to access any details about the project, including who we are. For now, we need to get back to work. There are a lot of people relying on us to come up with some sort of fix for this problem. Serapine was meant to save lives, not destroy them. It's not our fault that it was used, but it is our responsibility. And we're the best equipped to develop a treatment. Is there a chance they might just snap out of it? Snap out of it? We changed their brain chemistry. Do you think they'll just snap out of that? Our job isn't to sit back and hope that everyone gets better. And it's not to worry about blame or some sort of punishment in the future. We have to focus on today and the problem at hand. That's all that matters. Maybe we should get back to work. In a minute. I want you all to know that I'm proud of the work we did. We were trying to help people, and we didn't make the decision to use Serapine. None of that is on us. I need to head to DC tomorrow. Ramesh, could you come with me? Of course. Should I prepare anything? Yes. Pull together all of our analysis on recovering from Serapine exposure. Put it into an easy-to-understand format. Let's go get back to the lab and see if we can come up with some good news for the president. Have you ever been here before? The Vietnam Memorial? No, never. So many names on this wall. And what did they die for? The war didn't accomplish much, except to leave a lot of dead soldiers and civilians in its wake. And it haunted veterans like my dad. I remember you mentioning your father was a vet. Were you close to him? I wanted to be, but he had severe PTSD. Sometimes he was okay, but that never lasted. He'd get triggered by memories of the event that traumatized him. What happened? He was with the Marines and fought in Hue during the Tet Offensive. From what he said, it was a nightmare. One city block would be held by Americans, the next by the Viet Cong. One night he was on a patrol. He couldn't see well. He shot at what he thought were enemy troops. When he approached his target, he saw that he had shot a woman who was holding a baby. He had killed both of them. When his flashbacks would happen, he would always beg for their forgiveness. There's nothing me or my mother could do to comfort him. He never really left that moment. I'm so sorry. Did he ever get help? He tried. He saw a therapist, went to veterans groups, that sort of thing. But nothing ever stuck. He would have his good days. He liked fishing, and we would go on father-daughter weekends to a cabin his parents owned on Lake Michigan. As I got older, though... I was aware that even then, he wasn't completely with me. How so? I was 12. I remember because that year my mom finally had enough and left us. We were at the cabin and I awoke one night and went to get some water. He was sitting in the living room, talking to himself. I couldn't make it out exactly, but I know he kept saying that he was sorry. I went back into my room. When I asked him about it the next day, he just looked away and said he didn't remember anything. But I could see he was crying. He kept a lot from me and Mom. What happened to your father? 
A few years later, I found him on the couch. At first, I thought he was passed out from drinking, but that was a common thing. Then I saw blood on the pillows and a gun on the floor. He had shot himself in the head. God, Lisa, that's awful. I'm sorry, Lisa. I can't leave the war. I can't get away from who I am. I love you. Don't become a monster like me. What's that? The note he left. Is that why you got involved in Project Headlight? I'm a realist. Conflict is inevitable. It's part of the human condition, but we can find a way to make it less random and protect innocent civilians. Then I can help other people not turn out like my dad. The sad reality seems that despite my best efforts, I have still become a monster. It's my research that developed Serapine and millions have been impacted. They aren't dead. We'll find a cure for them. Thanks for the vote of confidence. I know a lot of people are to blame for this tragedy, but at the end of the day, I have to own my part of it, just like my dad owned his slice of Vietnam. You're right. The world isn't what we want it to be. There are dangerous people out there. Denying that is pointless. But the work we do offers the hope of a better world. A world where a scared young soldier wouldn't find himself shooting a mother and a child. It is not the perfect solution. But for that to happen, human nature would have to change. The war took my dad from me. And that's something I can never get back. Well, I guess it's time to report to the president. Thanks for listening. a WCN News Alert. As the crisis in Beirut enters its fifth week, the White House announced a new program to help cope with the victims. In addition to the ongoing effort to keep the Serapine victims alive, the United States will begin accepting select groups of women and children. Refugee flights are already underway. Good morning, Tandy. How are things at the lab? Not good. Counter-Agent 25 Delta had no effect. Serapine levels in the synapses remain steady. Okay. Well, then try 26 Bravo. Do you think that might work? We'll see, won't we? It's only a matter of time. This would go a lot faster if we had other teams working on the counter-agent. Any luck? I've told them that we need to farm out the work to other labs, but they keep citing national security concerns. I agree, but we don't have many options. I know. I'm just venting. That's okay. Listen, I'll be there in about an hour. I'm just finishing up my coffee and taking a shower. I'll see you soon. Good morning, Lisa. Ready for another day of trying to save the world? I'm still here. That's all I've got. The fact that everyone in our lab is now taking amphetamine homebrew to stay awake concerns me. We may be on the verge of burning out, and that helps no one. I'm glad our request for more scientists and lab techs was approved, but by the time they get vetted, we might be basket cases. Does it seem kind of quiet in here? 
Yeah, it does. Did everyone get the day off and forget to tell us? Something's not right. Good morning, Dr. Evans. Good morning, Major. It looks like your meeting with the President went exceptionally well. What do you mean? Project Headlight has been given top priority. We're relocating the other research projects to Fort Detrick and giving you guys this entire facility. For the time being, Edgewood is devoted to Headlight. I, I don't understand. We really don't need this much space. We don't have the personnel or chimpanzee population to justify use of the entire facility. Now you do. I've been told to expect additional personnel. NIH and the CDC are sending teams to assist. Don't worry, you're still the project lead. I'm not worried about that. Even with more researchers, do we really need the whole installation? Not that I'm complaining, it just seems a bit excessive. Well, the extra space is being converted into wards. Wards? For what? The new test subjects. New test subjects? More chimpanzees? Not quite. Dr. Evans, maybe you should come with me. Where are we going? Loading dock. The transport should be arriving now. What's going on? Who are these people? They're from Beirut. They're being brought here under the auspices of the Refugee Relocation Program. You need research subjects, and the government needs to fast-track a treatment for serapine. I've seen the progress reports you've been filing. I may not be a scientist, but I can read. At the rate you're going, it could take years to develop a treatment, and we don't have years. Every day that CNN runs images of an entire city of catatonics, our country loses more credibility. Ramos, we can't experiment on humans. We could lock them into a permanent catatonic state, or even kill them. And it's unethical as hell. They're victims. Look, this is going to happen. No one is going to force you to try and cure these people. But that's what this is all about, curing the people affected by serapine. Tell me if I'm wrong, but I think the best chance we have of developing a treatment will be to use human test subjects. Yes, but... What's the but here? Are these people going to get better on their own? I don't know. What do you think? No. Right, no. Which means the only viable alternative is to come up with a cure. And when it comes to serapine, you're the single most qualified person on the planet to do that. I think that more than one person up the chain of command is afraid someone will do this to us. You opened up Pandora's box, and the administration dumped the contents out for everyone to see. We need a treatment, or the next city affected by your weapon might be New York. We need that treatment ASAP. I made serapine to save lives. I wanted to limit the damage of war, to protect people like this from conflicts they weren't even involved in. None of this was their fault. Fault has nothing to do with it. However, if feeling guilty helps you get this done, then go ahead and wallow. If you want something to hold on to, think of it this way. You come up with a treatment, and we'll be able to use serapine the way you wanted it to be used. I suggest you tell your people about this and make certain they are on board. The country needs all of you. are these people? Just sit down. The Department of Defense is bringing us patients from Beirut, people affected by serapine. Why? Do you really need to ask? I want to hear you say it. They're here for us to test out treatments for Project Headlight. That is messed up. I understand, but our work led to this. We need to find a treatment. These people are going to help us do that. This is how we fix what we've done. Do you think this is right? No, it's not right, but it is necessary. 
And if we don't do it, someone else will. I will feel better knowing we are overseeing the process. All of us. We don't have a choice, do we? I don't know. Let's say you do. That you just walk away. Do you want to? Using these people might not be the most moral thing to do, but abandoning them isn't either. Well, I'm in. I think this is the best option we have. I just wanted to know how you felt. I think this is monstrous. But if it means undoing the damage I had a hand in causing, then I can live with that. Good. Thank you. Well, what now? Now, we get back to work. This has been Edgewood, written by Jeff Durkin and Steph Nelson, produced by Jeff Durkin and Steph Nelson, edited by Jeff Durkin, music by Jeff Durkin.